Jay said this morning, didn't he? You know, know your Bible. You know, use it. And uh, it can change the world because it's God's word uh, to us. So anyway, I think some Bibles have been given out. If you need one, you haven't got one, put your hand up. And we're going to read uh, Matthew 25, 31 to 46. You know, God speaks, doesn't he? We know that, don't we? God speaks. He speaks in visions, word, pictures. But a lot of the way he speaks is through his word. And I prepared this sermon at the early part of last week. And the only passage that Jay put up this morning on the overhead was this passage. Isn't that amazing? Hey, that's just incredible, isn't it? And I chuckle now, because it happens a lot. It's not just once or twice every now and again. Since I've been back at Billerick, it keeps happening. We laugh in the office. We're not making fun of God, but we chuckle with him. We enjoy God, and we enjoy him speaking to us. So when I saw that, I was sitting next to Katie Gow, and I said, no one's going to believe this, but uh, that's my passage for tonight. And she sort of looked at me. I'm not, is she here? I don't think she did believe me. But anyway, I wouldn't lie to you, and it was all printed out earlier, I promise you. So here we are, Matthew 25, going to read um, uh, from verse uh, 31 uh, to the end of the chapter. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Let's just hang on for that for a minute. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I'll tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. They are serious words, aren't they? They are serious. It was brilliant uh, this morning to have Jay uh, from Rope. Uh, those that were here, I'm sure he was inspired, I was, and uh, challenged as well, uh, which is good. Good stories. I love the way he talked about the church as a partnership. It wasn't, oh, well, you do your thing and we do our thing and can we have some money? It was about a partnership. And he was saying, this is the, these are the lives you've changed. We heard about women being brought out of prostitution. Also their children, but by nature of being related to them, were involved as well. And, it, and, and you know, I wince when I hear that. You know, something in, inane about, in, in us that you know, just wants to protect children. It's not good for anybody, but when it's children, it's just, 
you know, brings you to tears. And the fact that some of what we do in other churches makes a difference was very encouraging. Great that the offering uh, this year will continue to go to that work. And also we have this visual display of food, which is great. I mean, I don't know if someone bought a packet of Mars bars and took the rest home, but we've got sort of shapes and... Look, look at that. I think someone's eaten some. I think someone's eaten some. Not me. Visual display for you. Sharing uh, with Falconer Trust, Anvil House, uh, one that's far away, one that's just over the road on our doorstep. I love overseas mission, but I love the mission here at home as well. But when we see this food, we've got to remember to thank God for it. We see it in our supermarkets. We can get most food now all year round. I was talking uh, to the people at Sunny Days. Uh, well, I did a similar sort of talk. And, um, and I, I, was saying, I was saying to them that, you know, because they're older, you see. They're lovely, but they're older. And um, I said, what do you remember about shopping in the old days and shopping now? And it came up that actually some of the vegetables you would only get when they're in season. But now, you know, we've got, by the grace of God, Iceland and Waitrose and Tesco's and we can get sprouts whenever we want them and they're frozen, they're not as good are they, they remind you of the school days but we can get them, we've got this abundance of food, we can have most food all year round and it may turn up in its tins and packets, perfect shapes, many varieties but without God behind it, all you need is one threat of a lorry driver strike or a petrol shortage and you can see how crazy the British people become uh, in the supermarkets and they say, I don't know who they are but I've read this um, somewhere, that we're two weeks away from empty supermarkets. Um, so, you know, God provides, and we're to be thankful at this harvest time. But as Christians who care for others, also, whatever we do for the least of these, well, it's like we did it for Christ himself. We should have an interest, shouldn't we, in those who work hard in this way to get this to us. Our farmers, over the last 20 years, have had unbelievably tough times. A lot of the grants they got uh, changed. They don't, didn't get it for herds of how many heads of cattle they had. They got it if they made walkways for, for the ramblers and stuff like that. So it's, things have changed. Farms have had to reinvent themselves. You said you went to barley lands. That's a classic example of a farm that's reinvented itself. It's now somewhere to visit um, and have lots of attractions. But they've had tough times. So we probably, as Christians, want to try and support our local farmers, I would have thought. Um, also the workers abroad, the way they're paid. You know, the reason sometimes our food is so cheap is because someone else has suffered. Not all the time, but sometimes. I remember going to Thirsk. Anyone know where where Thirsk is? Where? Up up there. Up there. Well done, Bernard. He's he's the voice of all wisdom. It's up there. Thirsk is up there. Up where? Yorkshire. Yorkshire, up north. Anyway, that's a rubbish... um, uh, attempt at a Yorkshire accent. But I went up there once and I met, I met, and if you want, you can shake the hand that shook the hand years ago of the chairman of DEPFRA. Anyone know what DEPFRA stands for? Something to do, I haven't written it down. I was hoping someone really did know. It's something to do, <laughs> it's, something to, it's the Department of Food and Agriculture, right? And I said, I met the chairman. This is the hand that shook the hand. And, um, and uh, he was saying to me, you know, go back to your congregation and ask him a few questions. If I ask you a, a few questions, uh, do you like fresh food? Yeah, you put your hand up if you like fresh food. Excellent. Do you like food where workers are paid a fair wage? Yes, I like, we like that. Okay. Uh, do you like good quality food? 
Do you like it all nice and natural with not too many additives? Okay, good. What's the number one factor when you buy food? Price. Price is the normal uh, comment that he got. Price. But if it's so cheap, someone else has suffered. There's a reason. Farmers, do you know this? Farmers have to meet the cost of the special offers. When Tesco do a two-for-one, they're not being very nice to you. Uh, They make the farmers give them double the amount for the same price. That's what they do. Uh, Tesco's Depra man, with this hand shook the hand, um, he told me Tesco's are one of the worst. I don't know if that's still the case. He said Waitrose and Coat are one of the best. And he said you get what you pay for. That's why some things are more expensive than the, with, uh, with supermarkets with conscience than others that are not. But as Christians, we ought to at least try and find out, maybe know what their ethical decisions are. Maybe uh, by the fair, fair trade's got better, <laughs> the quality. Um, I don't drink coffee, so I don't know, but the tea's not too bad. But we can make... Um, decisions. If I, try, if I buy a banana before I go and play golf, um, I try and look for the fair trade banana. It just, do you know what? It helps my conscience. But I know that somehow that's a better deal. I'm not saying they're perfect, but it's a better deal. It's a better deal. Because some workers in foreign countries um, are not uh, being paid properly. And it is really like slave labour. And I read passages like this. And whatever I do for the least of them, it's as if I do it for Christ. Let's take that seriously. Whatever we do, it's as if you do it for Christ. That is an amazing privilege, isn't it? In everything we do. Anyone else shocked uh, this week, whatever your political persuasion is? I don't like the way that Theresa May gets uh, treated. And when someone hands a, a thing and thinks it's funny at a conference, I don't like the way that these men of high stature who've had fantastic education, call themselves gentlemen, not one of them got up to help. It really annoys me. And I think as a Christian, when we stand with the weak, when we make the right decisions... It's as if we're doing it for Christ. When we stand with the weak and make the right decisions, a Christian decision, it's as if we do it for Christ himself. That is a unique privilege. That is amazing. If we take this Bible seriously, that's what it is. And if we choose to ignore, the, ignore those opportunities, it's, this passage says it's like we're ignoring Christ. How can we ignore it? So, we have choices in our buying power. We love choice. We love consumer choice. Uh, but sometimes we've got to recapture consumer conscience. And just think about the things that we buy and how we buy them as well. Think about the way we treat people as if it were Christ himself. Maybe at Christmas, um, I, I was uh, reminded uh, just this week, Tony Campolo. You ever heard of Tony Campolo? Okay, well, if you shake my hand, it means nothing. I've never met him, just so you know. This is the depth for hand. Um, but anyway, he's, a, he's an evangelical leader in the US. A very challenging book, so I don't agree with everything he says, uh, but I agree with a lot of what he says. But he said, what do you buy for Christmas to the person who has everything? Anyone heard this statement? I know Tom has, because he was at the minister's meeting, but don't shout out the answer. What do you buy somebody who has everything? It's easy. Nothing. They don't need anything. What you could do is buy them a present in their name. So you've got things like this, which Roke left uh, this morning. Christian Aid do a similar thing. So it's not, I'm not saying you've got to do that. And with a special birthday coming up, I particularly don't want to subscribe to that because I'm looking forward to lots of presents. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm not searching for anything. Um, but there's choices we can make. There are valid choices we can make. I remember going to a Baptist conference once in Plymouth. Anyone been to Plymouth? There you go. Look at that. Wow. Nice place to come from. I liked it there, actually. I did like Plymouth. <laughs> A few of you got it. I, I, I liked Plymouth. 
And Andrew and I were at this Baptist conference, and it was brilliant. I love, I love being a Baptist. I love it. It reflects what I believe as a Christian. I believe in being a Baptist. I like it. I, I don't mind. And so we were at the Baptist Assembly. Bernard sent us when I was a student minister. And uh, I didn't mind. It was good. And, um, but I remember being with 2,000 other Baptist ministers. We're worshipping. We sang, shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. It was amazing. We're full of the Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign, sovereign Lord is upon me. Preach good news to the poor. Set the captives free. Hallelujah. Fantastic. And we go out of that place and we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world because we've got Christ living in us, the hope of glory. The kingdom of God is within us and we all came out and we're going to change the world. And then we looked later on, Andrew and I, and there was a homeless man sitting literally next door to the conference centre with nothing to eat or drink. And we watched 2,000 Baptist ministers who were all fired up and they were all going to change the world and they all walked past him. And then finally a lady went to McDonald's, bought me a coffee and we saw her put it down and thought, God, it's an illustration, isn't it? It's so easy to say it. So easy to believe it. Holy yours, Lord. So easy. Got to be it. We've got to be it. Really have got to be it. Recently, uh, we went, some of us, uh, the other Sunday, little early service at four o'clock down at Emmanuel, down to the Anglicans. We went out of our comfort zone and went to see some Church of England people. They were quite nice, I thought. I did find out, this is just an aside, not in my notes, the guy down there at the moment, what's his name again, Paul, um, he's baptised full immersion believers, 80 of them since he's been there. See, the world is going Baptist. The world is going Baptist. It's called Baptistification. You can't get away from it. It's in, it's can't get away from it. That is actually a term. That is, I've not made that up. It's a term. It's all in the Bible. They're only following the Bible. It's good. We like Paul. I like him. Anyway, there was a, the reason we were down there is not because we've come unbaptist. It's because they had the school's ministry, Bill Ricky service there, celebrating 25 years. Fantastic. Now, I like my team, my pastoral. I like, I like all of you. I'm getting myself in trouble. But I like Tom and Gary and the pastoral team. Right? So every now and again, we have this really important meeting when there's some sort of evening thing going on. Not all the time. We call it a, a pastor's debrief. Normally involves food and a takeaway. And we just talk about stuff and we catch up. So we're just having a debrief, you see. And I've I've also inspired down at Emmanuel. And I've heard about 80 baptisms. And Paul, we we like Paul. And everything's going really well. And we're going to come out and we're going to, oh, we're up for this. Another 25 years of SMP. We'll do it. Great. But we needed to get provisions. It seems to me whenever I read the Bible and there's ministry going on with Jesus, it involves food. And I like that. So we went to one stop down the high street. And I'm so excited about catching up with the team that I run in and get what we need and there's phone calls going on about what we could have and I'm getting on and I come out and as I'm with Gary and I've come out and then Gary says, hold on a minute, we've got to, we've got to sort this guy out. And I'd, I'd missed him and he was right by the entrance. But I was so excited, so ready to go off and talk about everything that had been done that I missed the guy in the street sitting there with no food and drink. And Gary says, Let's go back inside and buy him some food and drink. You know, and I, I was ashamed of myself because I'd missed him. I didn't deliberately miss him, but I didn't look. The opportunities to treat people like Christ are on our doorstep as well as further afield if we look for them. If we look for them. I love the fact that we give a substantial amount to all the mission partners. I love, I love the fact that some of those are overseas. I love the fact that we give money, significant amounts, to home mission, the Baptist family. 
There were churches wouldn't have ministers otherwise. I like, that's part of being a Baptist, to help other churches. Not just to tick a box because we're Baptist. I love it. I love that we give to BMS World Mission. I love that we give to our mission partners. It's fantastic. It's all good. It's all good. And I love overseas mission, but we do have mission on our doorstep. That used to be the Baptist catchphrase, strapline. Strapline, mission on your doorstep. A mum who's struggling in a playground that you ask around for a cup of coffee. As you do that, it's as if you do it for Christ. Or a fellow at work who's struggling. Maybe his marriage is hurting. You take him out, you pray for him. It's as if you're doing it for Jesus. All these small things are massive. It's like you're doing it for Christ himself and you are being the gospel. You are being the gospel. So I'd want to encourage you uh, tonight to be that blessing. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for Christ. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for Christ. Whether it's Claire flying out to Mozambique with the, with the children there, you guys, what we've heard today with the score and everything else, it's as if you're doing it for Christ. Jay, um, when he spoke about lifting women out of prostitution, bring the kids with them, as if you're doing that for Christ. The kind word you might have an opportunity to say to someone tomorrow, or stand with the weak that no one wants to talk to because maybe they stepped out of the line. It's as if you do it for Christ. Because there's another harvest out there that I've not spoken about. In fact, I'm only halfway through my sermon. I said to John, I won't be longer than 15 minutes, so I'm scrubbing the last part. But really, it talks about the harvest that is plentiful, but the workers are a few. There's so many lost people out there. We can be the blessing. We can spread the blessing. We've got the power within us. Jesus himself says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll send you another one like me, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. He's in you. Just let him come out. Let him come out. Some of you are changing. You know, Ben, you've just started your job, right? How's that going? Is that going right? And thank God for that. So he's going to make a difference in the city, an insurance no pressure whatsoever on that. But you know what I mean? I love seeing our youngsters flourish. Young boys becoming men, young girls becoming women, making a difference in the world. And, and Ben and the others, they all have a power to go and be the blessing wherever they are. Or Josh, who's got his job um, in Milton Keynes. Is that a blessing? I don't know. <laughs> Milton Keynes, not Josh. Milton Keynes. No, I love Milton Keynes. Lovely place to come from. Um, but they're all going to be a blessing. They've all got it in them to be a blessing. They can all treat others as if they're Christ himself. And as they serve others, they're serving him. What an amazing privilege it is to be a Christian. What an amazing privilege it is to be able to give visually food away. I mean, you know, Jackie at Unville House, it's such a good work. It's on our doorstep. It's what Den keeps telling us, right? The rooftop stuff. I haven't even been up on the roof. I know it's there. I've been in there. But it's great to support our local people as well. Go to the local butcher. Or the farm shop. Don't get the shrink wrap stuff. It's not as good. Make sure people are being paid properly. Choose wisely. Buy a Christmas present. Just think God gives us opportunities every day to treat others like we'd like to be treated. Just to stand or buy someone a gift if they're feeling down. Actually, do you know what? It's going to make you feel better than them. It's a blessing. It's better to give than receive. And God puts that in us. Whatever we do for the least of these... It's as if we do it for him. Isn't that great? I love that. I'm going to pray for you and then hand back to John to lead us in our final act of worship. Lord, we thank you for all the stories we've heard today from Jay, from Rope, and from uh, Tim and Jenny tonight. We thank you for all the different missions that we support. But 
Pray, Lord, we won't forget that we're all missional people, that we're all sent people, and that we can go out into the schools, the playgrounds, the homes, the universities, the workplace tomorrow and be a blessing. Join others to you. As we are transformed, as we sung, into your likeness, we will be attractive. So I pray, Lord, that indeed the, the Spirit would just be on fire within us and we would shine like Christ himself to the world around us. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you, Lord. And when we do that, it's as if we do it for you. What an amazing privilege. And we give all the glory and honour to you. In Jesus' name, amen.